Hello, pants people. If you are listening to this on release day, Monday, October 23rd, I, Steven, am going to be streaming a Monster Hearts 2 game with the Even Footing crew. If you're not familiar with Monster Hearts, basically, it's a bunch of horny college students, some who are vampires, some who are ghosts. It's a whole crazy, it's going to be wild. Um, go to our social media if you want to find links for that. That's where everything's going to be. We'll be posting about it. Come hang out. Come say hi. And watch me, Steven, play a horny college student. got steven yeah you're us off steven <laughs> so david kind of songs you, for you. What? you're what? wearing yep your monroe's family restaurant shirt i am wearing my riveting this is no hot shit no keep going like the best i like this <laughs> all right fuck you guys nice shirt david <laughs> fuck nice shirt. what you got you want to talk about something go ahead no, 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 no. steven <laughs> we just want to give you steven. Shit. all right come on nice shirt my shirt's cooler than both your shirts so fuck you it, yeah it is <laughs> all right i'm wearing a shirt Monroe's Family Restaurant, good, good ass, good ass restaurant. You, you grew up, yes, in a way that's, I think, quite unusual. Is it? And I think that the pants people might like to hear about it. <laughs> so your 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 intro is David. Tell us your life story. Like I, for example, <laughs> this is banter. I, for I example, this. I love this so much. No, please go. If I ever get a chance, <laughs> I, for example have fond memories going to David's house during the summertime as a wee lad hanging out, playing games and, um, you know, getting fed restaurant food as long as, as long as you go back and wash some dishes. Yeah. That's why I had friends. That's why I had friends. Cause I knew, you know, come on over, come get some free lunch, free breakfast, best breakfast around. Yeah. So like little kid would wake up in the morning head downstairs, go across the way to the restaurant, sit down, have breakfast, leave, and go fucking play. That yeah. sounds fucking awesome. It was so cool. I mean, because, oh I mean, God. like, especially especially as a kid, you know, like, you know, my parents didn't have a lot of money. It's not like restaurants was something that we did a whole, whole lot. It was so fun and so special <laughs> to go to David's house and sit at Monroe's and have a restaurant meal. I feel bad because, like, that's my every day. Well, right. That's that's my point. Is the way you grew up is different than the way most people grew up. Okay. And I thought right. you might have okay. some fun no, little insight right. or nugget <laughs> to share your, with the pants people. You've made but your point. Fuck me. You've made your point. <laughs> um, yeah, it was cool. I mean, like, yeah, my folks own a restaurant. I, uh, you know, I'm in culinary. Uh, and will listen to the show. Probably knows I'm in culinary. I've been. I've talked about it here and there. Uh, uh, yeah, and I've been in culinary for my whole life. Uh, there came a certain point in my life where it's like, son, I know you want to go and play with your friends all summer, but it's time for you to do dishes and prep all summer instead. You're like a 30-year-old man with 25 <laughs> years in the culinary. I have so many. Oh, <laughs> that was the year I got field. fat. Uh, good times. 
but yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's been, it's been a fun little adventure and uh, yeah, I have, I have some experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some large amount of experience in the culinary field now. So, so there you go. Hey, that was my fun little right. idea. I saw David's shirt and I said, hey, you know what? I got a thing I want to talk about. <laughs> Monroe Stanley Restaurant in Twin Mountain, New Hampshire. I don't mind. It's, it's a good, good place. Check it out if you're mm-hmm. ever in, in, in the region of Twin Mountain, New Hampshire. <laughs> um, and well. You're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> was it last week or the week before the, um, the quote unquote round stuff, the cinnamon roll oh, yes. that Gabby brought That's us right, yeah. was baked by your sister. My sister Jill, who now the owns restaurant. a restaurant and is doing an amazing job and she is an incredible cook. Uh, honestly, I, I, I say I've been around for a long time. I'm a pretty good cook. Uh, Jillian, three times the cook will ever be, four times, ten times. I don't care. She's, she's mm-hmm. really damn good at what she does. Yeah. So I don't, I don't remember if we didn't say it um, at the time, but thank you, Jill, if you ever happen to hear yes, us. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, thank you so much. It was delicious. It was delicious. I can't wait for my meat pie at Christmas. Oh, ooh. Oh, they always give me a meat oh. pie. It's my favorite. That is why I like Christmas. My sister what? always makes me a meat pie. What sort of meat pie? What sort of meat pie? Uh, I don't know. It's got like meat and potatoes. Okay. And I put some mustard on that bad bad motherfucker and I ooh. and I eat it. Interesting. Interesting. And I watch nice. uh I watch this is a weird Halloween discussion. Uh so every year, uh I'll get that meat pie and I'll sit down and I have a weird sort of holiday Christmas tradition that I'm going to bring up now. Um where I watch the episode of Community known as Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas. It is my favorite TV episode of anything, I think. I fucking love that episode. It's all claymation. Oh. It just, like, touches my heart. I love I love that episode. Yeah, I, I think know. I remember the claymation one. I, I watched that for the first time and was so inspired. I made this entire comic series of kind of, like, my own, <laughs> I guess, interpretation of my personality, uh, uh, who is a cactus. I, I, never mind. We're not going to get into that. It was awesome. It's a great, great thing. That's what I do. That sounds awesome. You guys, get any Christmas traditions you want to talk about? Well, this, well this I could I could go on about meat pies because now I'm like, yeah, man, I want to make some meat pie. There's a French Canadian meat pie. I, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but I believe it, I believe it's called a tutsier, something like that. Okay, sounds so, Frenchish. You know, savory savory pie. Uh, it's filled with ground meat of some sort. It's like everyone has their own mixture. You know, it can be sure. all pork or it can huh. be all beef or it can be a mixture or there can be some veal, there can be some whatever. Um, and then they use spices, not like, it's going to sound really weird, but they use like pumpkin pie spices, you know, like some cinnamon, some nutmeg, what? some allspice, stuff like that. So that's another way that you can customize this pie. That doesn't sound weird. That sounds can, yeah, really you, interesting. You can huh. customize your spice mix. So it's like. There's all these different combinations of meat mixture, all these different combinations Ooh. of spice mixture, and sort of like everybody's tutsia comes out a little bit different. Damn. Maybe I'll make you one. Oh my gosh. Play your cards right. Compare it to Jill's. Play your buttons right. You lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could take on that challenge. <laughs> uh, before uh, we move on from this yeah, conversation, yeah, oh. uh, David, I'm. Meat pies? Yeah, no, no, no. You go, you go, go first, and then I have to go real fast okay. because I forgot something. Uh, no, Monroe's. Uh, I'm putting you on the hook with the pants people. What? Uh, I have never been to Monroe's, and we keep saying we're going to go. It's so busy during the summer. It's so hard. It's so busy because it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I hate going out to places right. that are super busy. Well, uh, well, pants people, flood our Discord and our Instagram <laughs> until David says, okay, let's go to Monroe's. <laughs> we'll send pictures. Also, also it, is, it is no longer summer. That's true. No longer summer. That's true. The leaf peepers are gone. Right. Eh. Well, almost what gone. What leaves? Well, yeah, sure. Maybe there's a bus that comes up and they're like, well, oh, wow, look at all these sticks. Well, <laughs> yeah, so, all leaves on the still, ground. There's, there's so going to be a ton of people that came up and didn't realize that they hit yeah, for sure, wicked early for sure. this year. All right. We've bantered for too long, but I have one more thing. Okay. What do you got? Mail time. Mail time. Oh, we got mail? Mail so, time. So, um, Whoa. homebrew. Coffee company. Oh, oh yeah. Every year they run Gross. a. <laughs> every year they run a charity. Not the company. <laughs> they run a charity auction, and uh, creators and artists, whatever from all over Instagram, will donate pieces to Homebrew, and then they auction them off and donate the money to uh, a mental health charity, mental oh, health cool. awareness. Um, I forget specifically that's, that's the really hospital cool. that it was for. Um, so I won two things. In that oh, auction. Oh, no shit. Holy crap. I won the paper printout of our manor map by Sound Pukey Girl. <gasps> what? Which is Are on the kidding? way. Yeah. What? Um, so she's going to send that to me at some point. And I won a grab bag of 
minis. Oh my Whoa. god! From a company called Dice is not so nice. So they get they <laughs> sent me that. they sent That's me a couple so of a uh, couple of grab bag dice here, a couple of grab bag minis, um, some fun little tokens and stuff like that. So does I'll, that mimic uh, devil eggs? Um, yes, a mimic. Give with, me a sexy with, mimic, dude. Honestly, <laughs> buff legs and buff arms. I was arms. gonna say, dude, it looks pretty jacked. Holy shit! Yeah, that mimic is goals right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my god, look at those legs. Those are the, those are like your calves, dude. For real. <laughs> Damn. So I'll I'll post uh, some of this stuff up on the Instagram and social medias and stuff like that, and you guys will get to see all our fun little treats and trinkets. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. And that's mail time. We need a mail time like drop. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just another thing to no, add to your plate. Get on it. No, it sounds good. Yeah. By tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Jeremy. Look at me. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just kidding. Well, this, this episode doesn't come out for a week and a half after we're recording this. Mm-hmm. So, dude, it would be so cool if it was like a like a big explosive with like a guitar riff, like a mail time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the case. Anything else? We'll just reuse that clip. Oh, that'd be excellent. <laughs> Um, do you guys want to play Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, Very man. much so. I am ready to go. If you're ready to go. Well, time's up. Episode's over. <laughs> we have, if you'll bear with me for a moment, a bit of an intro to this one. Slightly lengthy, but I think it is very important. So I'm just going to dive into it. All good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Let's get started. Let me take you on a journey. A journey through the Radiant Citadel, if you will. He said it! I said the thing! He said it! I want to step away from the deserts and mountains of Saint-Satian. One very, very big step into the lush jungles of the world of Nawari. And we're going to open on a veritable sea of swaying green trees where they border upon a true sea of glistening crystal water. And we see at this point of transition an open field surrounding an immense and immaculate city. We see our camera sort of hovering far above where a road of seeming gold cuts across the field, through the city gates and splits into a branching network, spreading through colorful silk draped booths, flower-adorned towers, and an array of marble buildings sporting conical roofs. To the west of all this lays a great, great garden filled with large pink-petaled flowers. This is Zinda, the capital city of Noari. As you look upon it now, we see a lazy sleeping city, a city that is currently recovering from its annual March of Vice festival. This is a place of unparalleled beauty, unmatched spectacle, and of many will assert insatiable greed. But this is not where our focus will linger. I, I promise we'll be back here someday soon but for now, I want to move north, along the sea coast. A short journey, a few hours on foot, will bring us to another place of beauty. And here, we see that the sea has carved its niche into the land. A great bay. The shimmering water reflects a blue sky as the sun begins to sink towards the horizon's edge. Another smaller city stands in this place, spreading thin along the coast of this bay. Structures of stone, more humble than Zinda in their material, but just as pompous in their spectacle. Banners of red and gold decorate these structures, flapping, many portraying the image of a leaping fish. The people of Zinda refer to this city as Melateran. The residents here, a populace consisting near entirely of turtles, call it only the Golden Bay. And I want to zoom in on one structure here an arena of gray stone that stands upon the white sands of the coast. We can hear thunderous cheers as we move in towards rows of benches encircling an open battleground. We see where a wide break in this ring of benches faces the sea and where the lapping tide is swiftly filling the arena floor. The water surges in around the ankles of a number of combatants. All are turtles. We see painted shells of many colors and crests Many wield traditional spears and nets, some don shields. Only one wields a sword. Describe for me a younger Blanche, if you will, Stephen. Blanche, at this point, is full-grown. She's an adult, for sure. She's not in her golden years like she is in our current story. Her skin is lighter, more vibrant, more verdant, 
Mm. And she wears a ribbon around each of her arms that hang down. Ooh. They're golden with red just on the tips, and they move in the in the wind when she walks, when she moves her arms. Huh. And she holds her her sword, her trusty long sword, at the ready and eyes the, the field of combatants. If I may ask, this sword of yours, is it like ornamented, fancy, or simple? Efficient? Yes, quite utilitarian. Okay, okay. There are many like it, but this one is hers. Hell yeah. So we see Blanche there on the arena floor. And above the fighters, a grand tortle man gestures to the crowd from his box in the stands. Sharp blue eyes set beneath a thick and narrowed brow. A weathered, spotted face, mouth locked in a wide grin. Crimson robes falling over vibrant green scales. This is De Piero Montelio, Zinda's seventh king of coin, and the sole lord of the Golden Bay Tortles. The crowd hushes at De Piero's silent command, and after a short pause, his voice begins to boom across the benches. You have seen our combatants. You have seen their strength and their honor. So I ask, good tortles of the bay, will these fighters impress Condorella? And just <sighs> cheers. He sort of waves the cheers down. The tides have covered the arena floor. Condorella touches our fighters and watches from her throne beneath the waves. Should she be impressed by their prowess in this battle, then the tides will be blessed with gold. Our harvest season begins tomorrow. Should it begin in glory, then the Golden Bay will prosper! <laughs> Only one warrior here will have the honor of welcoming Condorella's gift. Only one champion. As most of you know, this marks the final season that our good master defense, Jacques Dumiro, is retiring from his role in House Mondelio. And so, I will remind our combatants that the great spirit of our bay will not be the only one keenly watching their performance. His eyes sweep over the many fighters, slowly, methodically, just putting on a show. Now, the sun begins to sink. The sky will soon fill with crimson, and the time for golden blessings will be at hand. Let the melee commence! His final word is punctuated by the blaring of horn. In the, in the arena, the fighters all snap to action. Let me ask, as everyone begins to draw their weapons, begins to charge, begins to move, take stances. What does Blanche do? How does Blanche begin this great fight? Blanche wants to pick out a fighter who she thinks is weaker, one of the weaker fighters in the field. She wants to call the field, and she will go forward and do so, making sure that she's not going to put her back to somebody who can challenge her, somebody okay. who she, who she you know, thinks, oh, that's going to be that's going to be a tough fight. I got to give them all my attention, so I'm not going to put my back to somebody like that. See Blanche's wizened eyes sort of scan across the room the second everyone starts to move, and off to her right, one turtle, almost like watching everyone else, hesitates for a moment, just this moment of, of fear. And she whispers to herself, Sandpiper at sunset, <gasps> and starts to sprint towards him. Holy shit! His eyes just turn and see as Blanche charges forward, and we're going to cut past this fight to its end, to a sky red with sunset. Blanche stands now in the center of the arena, alone. The water level has risen swiftly since the combat start and now touches up to her waist. The defeated combatants have been carried off the floor unworthy of what comes next. Now only vague murmuring can be heard echoing through the stands. All hold their breath, waiting. All eyes are locked towards the opening of the ring where the tides of the bay push into the arena. For it is time 
for Kondorala's judgment. And, and, and we watch as the water begins to fill with luminescent flakes of gold. They surge in from the depths of the bay, spreading across the whole of the, re- of the arena. Sighs of relief resound from the crowd, morphing into whispers and exclamations of awe as the golden flakes begin to whirl and swirl around the arena floor. Around Blanche, mottled specks of golden light shine on her, moving around her, blending, shimmering, and soon Blanche herself seems to be radiant with it. She looks to the Lord's booth, and DePiero grins down at her, his head slowly bobbing in this continuous nod. Beside him stands an ancient-looking tor with broad, heavy shoulders, the current and retiring master defense Jacques de Miro. And he smiles as well, though it's this subdued thing, the look of a proud and seasoned warrior who has rarely been surprised, but is surprised now. Jacques reaches down to a smaller form in front of him, a young turtle who shares Lord de Piero's vibrant scales and blue eyes. The young lord, Jean Franklin Montelio does not seem to heed the words that Jacques whispers in his ears. He is transfixed, spellbound. Rings of gold surround his pupils as he stares, mouth open, at the champion shining with the gold of Condorala's blessing. Blanche, eyes now locked back on the young lord, raises her blade towards the sky and shouts towards the burning heavens above. The crowd erupts into applause. Horns blare again, mixing with the cheers and the chants and the roaring triumph. It all blends together, the very sound of honor. Punctuated by three words shouted over and over and over again. For golden tides, for golden tides, for golden tides, for golden tides. For golden tide. And we are carried by these voices up and up and up until we are once again staring down from the sky above, looking down to the bay, now entirely shimmering with a glorious golden light. Blanche, you awaken on a sort of small, very simple bed, surrounded by earthen walls and ceilings the sound of metal grinding softly on stone somewhere outside this room. You are in the old mining tunnels beneath Salazar. As you've uh, moved through here, as you've, the other four of you have been moved to uh, uh, bedrooms, essentially. Um, you've been passing by the typical sort of wooden supports, like archways holding up the tunnel ceilings. Uh, and you've been told that these are, these were originally mining tunnels back when uh, this was the city. Uh, they've been largely forgotten covered over and now this is where the rebellion the revolution holds its base uh you've been taken to a series of small side rooms where soldiers of the revolution have beds prepared uh blanche and jean franklin both share a room as do dresden and ramin and as you awaken blanche i think you are very surprised to see that maybe for the first time ever jean franklin is awake before you (laughs) uh his bed is empty his bed unmade, and he's... Unmade? Unmade. So, I'm sorry. Before we move on into anything else, (laughs) can I just pause to say how fucking epic of an intro and flashback that was? Yeah, that was great. Holy shit, I had goosebumps. That was fucking incredible. Me and Steven... All of that, the culture of the Golden Bay, almost everything was like undecided. And we went on a we went on that hike yesterday. Mm-hmm. After we all hiked, we went on a sec- second hike yeah. just to talk about that. And we ironed out all the details to like, it was it was amazing how fast this shit just fell into place. Our but. feet hit the trail, and like one of the first things we decided was, okay, the like rally cry is going to be for Golden Tides. And then by the end of the walk, that phrase had so much meaning. Hell and yeah! And it was freaking awesome. Hell yeah! yeah. You did. Excellent. I'm glad I, I kind of crammed crammed all that in last <laughs> night because uh, <laughs> I didn't have any idea what we were doing until last night. Good times. So yeah, bed unmade, which is, I think, strange. John Franklin's of a, a, a somewhat disciplined, almost military mind. You've made sure of that, and this is off for him. Even being awake early is off for him. One mark against you already, tadpole. <laughs> <laughs> you can see hearing that sound of shh, shh, stone on metal somewhere outside. All right. Um, Blanche will get up, quickly make both beds, 
and go to investigate the noise. Oh, I love that you make it both beds. Uh, you push open the door um, back out into sort of the main tunnel and you see kind of just a little ways down the tunnel and sitting against the wall, uh, Jean Franklin is sitting and, and drawing a whetstone across uh, these two, like one on the floor, looks like it's already finished, another saber. Uh, maybe you have seen these before, maybe you haven't. Uh, you as a player know these were Zebulon's swords. Yeah, shit. And he's just sort of staring down, almost beads of sweat running down his head as he's shh, shh, God, focused. That's, that's heartbreaking. Good morning, Jean. Oh, sir. I hope it didn't wake you, sir. You seem to be enjoying a dream. Um. <laughs> yes. It quite was. You're up early. Oh, yes. Well, um, honestly... Couldn't sleep very well. Shh. Shh. Why is that? It's hard to rest when I know that Jules is suffering. Saren will be taking its toll again now. Night has fallen outside of this place. We have to make a move, sir. This plan, this party, it's its, it's too passive, isn't it? I mean, to wait until tomorrow to, 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 to investigate, isn't there... Something we can do, something more direct. I, I, I don't know what to do. You can't help your friend without being at your full strength, Jean. Sleep is important. You know that. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes sir. Kind of like puts the sword down. But if everyone's uh, starting to wake up, then perhaps it's time for us to make our move on... Uh, on the pig man. Are you really sure, sir, this is not what I would consider a, 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 a wise course of action? I don't want to question you, but... I'm I'm open to suggestions, Tadpole. I'm, don't I'm seduce the pig man. I'm trying to help. Don't, don't, don't do that, please. <laughs> it's icky, I'm, and I don't like it. I'm simply trying to use my strengths to help you and All your right. friends. Yes, I understand. I, I, I appreciate that, sir. It's just, well, I suppose we've committed. We should wake the others. We should make a plan. Um, Dresden, are you, do you think you're awake already? Oh, God, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Dre- Dresden's up just before dawn, just before first light comes up. Or every, actually, every it's day. actually night right now, so it's kind of a oh, weird oh, offset. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you guys are waking up. Actually, right now it's about 10.30, I would say, at night, as okay. you guys are well, in that just case, got your eight I'll, hours. I'll, I'll amend it to say he's always up 10 minutes before he needs to be up. Hell yeah. How about is, that? Is his bed made? Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well done, soldier boy. He's no ragamuffin. Uh, Normin's, I think, already awake as well, but kind of has already been engaging in like a long, maybe 10 minute prayer um, to the Sun Weaver that, you know, very pious. Yo, his bed, of course, also made. He is an acolyte. He, he, takes things seriously. Um, he's sort of leaning on the side of it uh, as you kind of maybe knock on the door and are invited in, push through. Dresden, I imagine, just fully geared up, already to go. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. He, he's the type that he's up early before everybody else, and he's already sitting on his bed, dressed and ready, just waiting for everybody just to be up. Just stone-faced. Yep. Staring at the wall. Yep. Hoping that, hoping that Ramin doesn't wake up and we have an awkward <laughs> 20 minutes while we wait for everybody else. Like literally, it's like you're like sitting on your bed and he's just like praying. Uh, so it maybe is kind of a weird, you're like hearing this faint, like whispers, um, maybe not even in like, in like this main English, maybe in like, like, like Sangari, like the, the, mm. the language of his world. Um, as he finally kind of like the door opens, uh, you turn your head, Ramin nods, stops his prayer and everyone gathers together in this room. Oh, before we get to anything else, Ramin doesn't look that good. Ah. Sereno has ah, struck shit. again. I would make you roll. But here's the thing. Ramin actually auto-passes his Sereno check. He only gains one point. Hmm. Some huh. meta-knowledge for Steven. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, uh, he's, he does uh-huh. look sick, though. And I'll tell you right now that Ramin, uh, I didn't mention this on your sheet, and I'm glad to bring this up now, he already had three levels of exhaustion. Holy shit. Uh, from so that guy's useless. Yeah, his initial gain of it, one point, and now another fourth point for this night. Oh my God. So it's been two days. This is his third night since he contracted Sarah. When do you die of exhaustion? At 10. 10. Okay. So ways off. And for yeah. him, because he auto-passes right. for reasons. He's got six days left. He's got time. Yeah. 
You don't know how much you contract if you fail past the first check. Jules okay. avoided that knowledge, but it could have been very scary if he failed his check. Now let's let's discuss a course of action. I'm happy to continue on with the plan that I devised previously. However, if I'm to put myself at risk for this Jules, I'd like to know a little more about him. Who is this man? What makes him so special? Did you mean me with Ramin? What? What did you mean, Steven? Oh, shit. I did mean you. Okay. You're right. Okay. <laughs> Actually, okay. let's, let's put I that... To, I had, let's to, make sure I, it's in I had this. to double check my character Let's make sure sheet. it's in this because I forgot. Yes, no. Yeah. You have Jean. You have... Yeah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so okay. I didn't tell you, Jeremy, you have four levels of exhaustion. Ramin does. Um, burp, burp, burp. Jules is the most noble man I've ever known. He's got a fireball of a mouth on him. <laughs> but he always does what's right even if that means putting himself in harm's way I think uh, Ramin actually might even like step in too to offer his own kind of you know, POV on this I'm not trying Ramin huh? I'm not trying Ramin's voice no I'll do it <laughs> I can watch that yeah <laughs> uh, what is his voice oh yeah <clears throat> yes uh, Dance and I met Jules after we were offered a, a shot at sponsorship in the Dinsing Night Market. A, a gnome named Rune Rusong sought us out and offered us a, a place in the market games. A, a, a sudden blessing that came from pretty much out of nowhere. Jules, Zebulon, and their sidekicks, uh, and he, he nods to Jean Franklin, uh, fought bravely and cleverly and, and defeated us in the end. They then put their lives on the line to save a family from a fire in the market. And, and investigated a murder. Uh, we, we helped a, a little. Um, I, I can't say that I know Jules well, but I, I like him. I liked Zebulon. I saw them both as, as good people, unknowing allies of the great Sunweaver. Hey, roll me an insight check. Just Dresden, or? Uh, both of you. It's not Jean, because he's stupid. 13 for Blanche. Just a 5 for Dresden. One second. Keep you on your toes a little. Oh, God. Blanche, you notice Ramin's eyes seem to, like, stray downwards in this last remark. Unknowing allies of the great Sunweaver. His, his, almost like a little break in his voice, uh, and his eyes kind of trail downwards, like there's something he's not saying. That's all. Huh, I'm trying to decide if I should press him on it. I think Blanche would think it would be rude. Mm. I think she's going to save that in her back pocket. Okay. Makes sense. Maybe bring it up later. Well, um, if you all, and Blanche looks to John, believe this Jules to be worth the risk, then I suppose I can't back down now. He's my friend. And my luminary. He is worth any risk, I assure you. He's a real deal, sir. A hero. Then let's begin to make a plan how I'll get in to the pigman's palace. <laughs> and I I have a friend who could help. And as what? a ritual, Blanche begins to cast Find Familiar. Oh, holy oh, shit! Oh, yeah. Whoa, I did not see this coming. Oh, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What shape is Blanche's Familiar going to take today? We will pick... Oh, well... You didn't have this predetermined? I was gonna... I wanted something like a mouse, and I'm looking now, and there's... I think it gives you, like, a finite amount There's rat or spider. I feel like rat is too big. Uh, I feel like spider is too small. too spooky. Fair. Too spooky for our story. A spider can get get, get Um, places, though. Well, how about a bat? I like bats. Yep. So That's to, the coolest animal. So today, um, Blanche is going to summon her familiar in the shape of a bat. Okay. So suddenly, like, right in the ceiling of this cave, whoosh, a bat appears. Maybe, like, some shimmering magic light just hanging off the ceiling. Yeah. Hanging off of one of those wooden supports. Now, none of us in the room know where the pigman lives, right? Uh, so I, I know Paloma. Paloma knows, and Paloma also said that uh, there's an agent on the inside that can kind of, like, let you in. Okay. So that might be good for scouting it out, though, when, when you do get there. Yeah, that's kind of the plan, is for me to get there, 
do some scouting with the bat. When you're ready, um, if it's cool with you guys, I'm okay with just like shuffling you to the scene. Uh, Paloma can sort of tell you where it is, give you what you need to know. If there's any information you want, I can give it to you straight rather than running a whole scene about it. Who will take me to the scene? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jeremy, do you have anything else to... Negative. All right. I I wasn't... Yeah. I mean, Dresden knows what has to be done. Mm -hmm. And he's just... He's at the ready. Yeah. So so what... What is everybody else going to do, I guess? Is everyone just going to kind of, like, do you, do you hide want... outside the yeah, palace? Sean wants I, at least I was say, do you think, yeah. Okay. But we, I don't know if we, should, we could, should get close enough. Right. Like, we need to just seem like we're not there at all. Hell, I mean, like, if you're allowed in, you could potentially enter, but only Blanche could proceed to the Pigman himself. You could be in the building. If you're going in, in the cover of night, that's kind of what you're led to believe. Uh, they basically, what, what Paloma tells you is... Uh, well, an agent they have on the inside is going to bring you in the servant's entrance. Gotcha. So you'll be kind of far from where the pigman normally would be. You could be in the building. So everyone could okay. go in, yes. but Blanche yes. is going to go and yes. be seen and be... Okay. The yeah. idea Paloma I, I, had in mind... i feel much better about it if we were all in the vicinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, Paloma's idea is at, at uh, exactly midnight, um, this servant is instructed to open the door, let you in. Everyone else will be asleep, all the other staff. And, so, and there's uh, there's no guards. That's something Paloma uh, made sure to let you know. There are no there's no security, no guards or any of any sort uh, at this uh, this structure, the Pigman's home, because, as she put it, why would he need security? He's the Pigman. Uh, Paloma uh, herself will not be joining you, um, as she cannot leave the underbelly of Salazar just too much heat on her. She's basically been down here directing things, but if she was to be seen on the surface, uh, the guards would catch her instantly. People would be after her. She is a known revolutionary, a known danger to the Tresina. So it's all happening from beneath the ground. All right. Let's um, let's get into this shiz. I'm ready. All right. So what can you tell us about this? I keep saying palace. Is it a palace? Uh, tell you what. Let me uh, describe it. Let's say we cut to, you know, you guys are, are maybe like just standing outside in the shadows. You're now in, when we get to this, we'll say it's around midnight, around this, around the uh, chosen time. You are in Fiesta Town, but off into the sort of residential district, off into sort of a corner of the sort of very, the, the party district, the tourist district of San Satian City. So here, uh... There's not a lot of street light. Only the dim moonlight is shining down, falling upon the, the 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 sort of path leading up to this great structure before you. You see this building is quite unlike anything else around. You see that the pigman's home is just a single enormous story, wide and long. There are no windows set into the sides of the structure. And there's only two entrances, a large gate in the front, like large, like the kind of thing you'd see at the, at the head of a castle. And then there's a smaller, more average-sized door in the back. The servant's door. Ramin is sort of standing behind you, shivering. <laughs> so, 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 are you ready to go? go? Uh, the the Sereno just, like, really drawing out his strength. Boy, is there somewhere else for you to be? I feel like... I feel like you're going to waste away out here. <laughs> not, not for a few days. I can still be helpful for a few more days. I w- yeah, I was just going to say, like, we should have just left Ramin back. He wouldn't let you. He very fiercely wants to be here to be helpful. Well, remember what happened last time Ramin stayed back? Mm. Zebulon died. Yeah. He's fiercely determined to be here, despite whatever whatever pain it puts him in. Well, stay safe and stay out of the way. You go where we tell you to go. Yes, sir. I go where you tell me t- to go. Now... Where is this inside man? As you say that, maybe you're standing in like amidst some brush at the sort of edge of the property. You can see a crack of light forms to a square uh, uh, shape or rectangular shape as a door opens uh, far ahead down the sort of back path. There it is. Let's go. You see um, a short, thin figure is sort of waving you in as you as you rush towards. So you guys are moving in? Yes. Sandpiper at sunset. You remember. And just drops down and charges forward. As we're right beside you. Stealthily runs in. Yeah. Uh, cutting across the grass. Dude, hell yeah. 
And then you reach the end, he just like nods to you as you're about to like enter into this place. For golden tide, sir. You approach a uh, a brown wrinkled face adorned with drooping white mustaches. You see this bony frame is wrapped in a pink floral apron. Uh, you were told this man is named Hector and he is the pigman's personal chef. Very old man who's worked with the pigman for quite a long time. You must be Hector. Yes, I am Hector. Personal chef to the pigman. Please come in, come in, step in from the cold. Do do we know why Hector is helping us? Uh, he He's is a, a revolutionary. revolutionary. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm just going to follow Hector. And then, is everyone coming in? Yes. Okay. Yep. Cool. Uh, you guys move in. Dresden's the last one out, closing the door behind him. As you are sealed inside, you look around and see sort of uh, the walls. Like I said, there's no windows. The walls are adorned with sort of magical lights. They're set pretty dim. Uh, and you are standing, and it looks like a, a sort of um, larger, almost warehouse for, for like food supplies that feeds into a couple different hallways that, that lead out. Hector, what can you tell us about the pig man? Well, not as much as you would like. He's a bit of a mystery to us staff. <laughs> the friendliest person you'll ever meet, but, but odd. He's gone basically all day, every day. When he comes home, he consumes a, a frankly absurd amount of food, then retires immediately to the pig pen. His, pers- his personal gym. <laughs> there he, he drinks and works himself to the point of unconsciousness, passes out in the ring, gets up in the morning, and does dull again. And he never has any... any callers, any visitors, any... ladies? <laughs> I can tell you that he has never, in all the time I've worked here, brought home a, a partner for romance. People have tried, but he has never brought one back. I cannot tell you if you'll be interested in them. <clears throat> Total kind. You see, he's been, like, informed of the plan. He looks kind of bashful about it. Uh, or even if he has any interest in, in women at all. I, I can't tell you. I can tell you he does not eat pork of any kind. To him, that would be akin to one of your folk using a turtle shell as a toy. <laughs> yes, I do think that would be quite strange. And... You were waiting to pull that one Fucked out. up. <laughs> Bullshit! <laughs> uh, I can also tell you to be wary of mentioning the crimes of Marfil. Some have tried, and it has only ever angered the big man. He doesn't seem to believe these lies, or at least he acts like he doesn't. Also, do not take off his mask. Do not reach for the mask, do not touch the mask. Just don't. These are the hard rules. And the pig man is now in his pen? Yes. <laughs> he is in the pig pen. <laughs> <laughs> Will you prepare for me a snack, a meal to take to the pig man? Already done. And he like oh. bustles into the next room, steps out holding this like steaming tray. I think he's got like a couple like tacos and a holder. Um, and when I say a couple, I mean 20. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> he's got just this full tray. <laughs> it is around time he will want to eat. He likes to be awoken to consume more calories in the middle of the night. He says it's good for the muscles. Do I have enough time to... And uh, Blanche summons her familiar. Do a bit of scouting. By all means. He kind of gestures down the hallway. Okay, so... Blanche is gonna sit down and use her familiar to see through its eyes. Give me one second to, like, yeah. While your familiar is within 100 feet of you, you can communicate with it telepathically. Addition is an action. You can see through your familiar's eyes and hear what it hears until the start of your next turn. So we're gonna do that. Okay. She's going to see and sense the building here through the eyes of her familiar within 100 feet. You, so you're basically sending the familiar ahead to fly, or? Do we have a map? Uh, no. Ah. No, they have the building. Okay. Then I feel like this won't be very helpful. Maybe I'll just put that in my back pocket. It actually might not be as unhelpful as you'd think. Okay. So I'll say this. You turn, you go down a hallway, you kind of curve, and like, 
as you curve, you're turning back. So the hundred feet, you're still well within your radius. You're passing maybe some servant rooms and, 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 and you know, side buildings side, or side rooms um, for whatever, like, like cleaning or cooking or more storage, this and that. And you kind of leave these backgrounds behind. And what, the first thing that you notice as you kind of push through an open doorway into, I guess, what you might call the main part of the building, there's an immediate distinguishing feature, which is that the main part of the building has these wide, tall hallways. It's much more expansive, much larger than the back wing where the servants are. You are, are struck by the sense as well of almost like condensed functionality. While this place is wide and tall, the rooms that surround you are tight together and generally light on decker. There's one dining room, single chair, a lounge, a bedroom, doors open, furniture looking brand new and untouched. I think you have to wonder how this building can be so large when so much of what you'd expect to see is accounted for here. And you also note that the servant section of the building that you passed through was nicer, prettier, and just generally more full than the pigman's actual uh, sort of main hall. And it's short. You reach the end of this shorter hall. You pass these like these these doorways, these, these these rooms, and you reach a large set of double doors, sort of akin to the entrance of a castle. That stand at the hall's end, and that stand open. And I think you're nearing the end of your 100 feet as you pay, you peer out into this room. You peer out into the pig pen. You see a massive open gym, larger than any banquet hall you've ever been in, ever seen. Magical lights, much like those that line the halls you pass through, are set to shine a dim, soothing blue along the walls and ceiling. You see one wall is covered with climbing holds. You see weights practically lie everywhere. The size of many are akin to the wheels of wagons. You see acrobatic bars hang down from the ceiling in a number of places. There's a pool set in the floor in the back, long and made for back-and-forth laps. Almost any sort of exercise gear or athletic gear you can think of is contained within this room. And at the room center stands a simple lucha libre ring, hexagonal in shape and about 30 by 30 feet. It is surrounded halfway around by rows of stands a smaller version of the great Marvel arena that stands not far from this place where the pig man was supposed to fight dance earlier this day. In the middle of this arena, a shadowed form lies in the ring, surrounded by bottles and snoring deeply. And you can't really get any closer, but you can just see this figure. You can, can you hear? I think you choose one or the other, right? It could be wrong. Yep, uh, you can see through your familiar's eyes and hear what it hears. Okay. So yeah, you just hear. <laughs> loud sort of snorting snores well she knows the way to go there will be no surprises when she gets there she will call her familiar back return it to its pocket dimension grab the quote unquote snack <laughs> and make her way to the pig pen nothing actor even just says like feel free to tell the pig man that I sent you it's alright he, he won't fire me Marfil can't get him to fire me I'm a very good cook. Is he a wink? I'm very impressed, Hector, as she smells the tacos. They smell amazing. Yeah. Just really strongly seasoned, but like, ooh. Damn, Hector. <laughs> You're making your move? Yeah. When she approaches the pig pen in a loud voice, she calls out, Master Pigman, I have your snack. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, you step in, you go down the hallway, you step into the room, you shout, and I think you hear, like, this, like, the same. And you just, like, immediately start talking, you just hear her go, snore cuts off. Like, sniffing in the air. You a fan? Or an assassin? Or both? Believe it or not, I've had a few. Sign my autograph on their full-body cast, after all, was finished. <laughs> the figure sort of starts to pick himself up uh, from the middle of the ring. Not aggressive, more jovial. And you see the pig man. You see huge, bright brown eyes staring at you from a pink pig mask. Uh, this like fillers use the material to give the mask sort of a vague pig snout shape. And uh, it's it's not like, it's, it's, it's cute, it's silly. It's not as terrifying as you might imagine a pig mask could be. Like it's, it's supposed to be like kid friendly. 
Um, this The pig man's head just sits somewhat leaning and offset on these broad, rolling shoulders, and you see a body that is just massive, muscular to the point of ridiculous, a veritable wall of meat, standing at around 11 feet tall. Oh, holy Huge. shit. Huge. Holy shit. Did we know he was 11 feet tall? Whoa. I mean, you're walking through, that's kind of, you walk through the hallways and you see these gigantic, sure, yeah, this but just wow. like, but just like, you know, in the canon of the Radiant Citadel. I mean, it's people probably... People know that he's 11 feet tall, I, I think assume. people see him on the network, and it's kind of one of those things where, like, he looks big, but no, sure. it's got to be a trick of the... And then you see him in your life, and you're like, holy okay, shit. cool, cool. It's, well, it's known, but I think it's not believed until you really see... Because, like, he's so grand and imposing. Until you see him in person, you don't believe the big man. Yeah, there's no way we're fucking... <laughs> and you see all this this giant wall of me is all contained in a tight pink wrestling singlet <laughs> fantasy spandex <laughs> uh, I'd I'd hope to avoid the cast uh Master Pigman Hector let me in I'm certainly a fan oh alright hey, come on over kind of waves you and you just like I think he's standing up and as you kind of start to move over you just hear him like he sits down in the ring kind of aggressively and the whole thing's like it's like boom as he just like drops into the center the floor shakes <laughs> and he just leaves like he's like you know sitting in the center leaving kind of an open spot for you his legs kind of left open where where you could drop a tray and he's just kind of waiting patiently kind of his, his large brown eyes sort of watching you as she uh, as Blanche hands him the tray, she says, to be honest, Master Pigman, I'd like to be your sidekick. Oh, 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 wow. Huh. Um, hang on. <laughs> he just grabs like three in one hand and just shoves them and just eats them, um, licking his fingers. Well, uh, I mean, I'm flattered. Are you, you look, um, probably tough. I actually haven't seen one of you turtles before. Tortle, right? That's the... Tortle, yes, uh, Master Pigman. Yes, we're, we're quite... We're quite tough. It's kind of like... Head leans to a side. Eyes take you in. Yeah. You're a fighter. I can see it. <laughs> well, thank you, Master Pigman. Unfortunately, uh, I don't really assign my own sidekick. I, I could put a word in, but that's, that's, that's you know, that's Marfil. That's the guys upstairs. Oh, I see, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, you know, and keep me on a short leash, but you know where it is. Well, well, <laughs> give me some pointers. How does one get in good with Marfil, then? Oh. I mean, you, yourself. I mean, this is all very impressive. Oh, hey, hey, come on, don't flatter. Hang on. Um, he just sort of reaches over. He grabs, like, a, a bottle of, of wine that's sort of spilling out on the arena. Just... <laughs> I hope that wasn't your last bottle. And she reaches and grabs the bottle of wine that she got from Paloma. Oh, shit, yeah! And just snatches it. You want to split, or...? I'll have a swig, of course. Can I offer it to you first? And she takes a swig of wine. A reserved swing. Swig. <laughs> Not taking swings. Uh, he, he, as you offer it, he takes a very unreserved swig. <laughs> oh, this is a this is a treasure. This is a, this is pleasant. <laughs> it's nice to meet a fan, and a fighter fan. Yeah. Now, now those, those pointers. I I don't think you finished your thought. Huh? About Marfil? Mar Marfil. Kind of like almost vaguely looks around, kind of blinks a little bit. Like, the thought's just gone from his mind. Huh. Do Does Blanche have any reason to believe that that was magical? Uh, give me an insight check. How about an arcana check? Uh, you can do both. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're, being, we're being very generous. Roll some dice! Uh. It's a dirty 20 for insight. Uh, just a 14 for arcana. Oh, with a 14, you don't have any reason to believe. Nothing really seemed to, like... Nothing seemed to shadow over his eyes. Nothing seemed to, like, almost abruptly change his demeanor. It realistically, and with that insight check, this kind of confirms it. It seems like he's just not very smart, to put it lightly, <laughs> to put it, like, the, softly. He's just, like, he just already forgot what he was talking oh, about. Gotcha. And he's just, like, very one-track, very just kind of, like, he's just this kind of dumb jock. And actually, now that you're sitting with him, there's something almost childish about the pig man. Hmm. I mean, the way he talked about Marfil, almost like uh, a child talking about their, their their dad, like, oh, you know, I can't go out. Dad will ground me. It's it's weird. 
But like, you came in here wondering if he's with Marfil, if he's like the bad guy. With a Dirty 20 insight, I think your initial, initial inclination is that maybe he really doesn't think Marfil's bad. Hmm. And maybe he's just been so trained and he's so single-minded that it's just, you know, it's like a kid being told his parents are, are serial killers, you know? Mm-hmm. Not gonna believe it. All right. And I'll let him continue. He's, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sidekick. You want to be a sidekick. Um, yeah, you don't, you gotta go to Marfil about that, but I mean, I could, I mean, I don't really know you, but I could put in a word. I haven't had a sidekick before. What do they do? Well, uh, if I was your sidekick, Master Pigman, I would, I would have your back. I would be not just your combat partner, but your friend, your confidant. Oh, I mean, it's a good offer, but if I'm being honest, I mean, I'm worried that if someone else is around when I'm fighting, I might, you know, I might kill him. <laughs> not, by, not on purpose, mind. It's just, you know, uh, it's easy to hurt people when you're... Uh, uh. Well, perhaps we could train together and find out. Huh. Huh. He almost like rolls back onto his back and he's staring at the ceiling, kind of scratching at his, at his, at his pig nose. Ah, uh, but alas... It may be too late for a friendly wrestling match. Oh, no, no, not too late at all. In fact, actually, you wouldn't know, you might know this. Earlier today, I was supposed to have this big, exciting match, right? And he gets up, he's like almost, again, very childish, very energetic. Oh, this, uh, 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 this old wrestling partner of mine, or, or enemy, Demi Lich. He was, he was good. I liked him. Uh, well, his sister, uh, Dance, she was going to take me on in the ring. She didn't show. It was, oh, so bummed. It was going to be great. Uh, but, 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 but. Uh, you must have, she puts an arm, a hand on his arm or, or whatever. You must have so much pent up energy. Then. I do. I do have so much pent up energy. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, we could, if we spar, if you can show me you're worth something, I could put you up to Marfil. I mean, you know what? You know what? That reminds me. There's this, uh, so again about the match. I have, I, I got a, there's this big old party tomorrow, right? And I was going to bring the winners to the to the match if they beat me to the to the party, you know, as guests, because uh, well, Marvel didn't like it very much. But <laughs> you know, sometimes I I do my own thing, I get in trouble. Oh. But but I could I could bring you. If you you mean I don't think they'll mind. You're just somebody. I mean, you, you, I'm sure it's fine. Well, that wow, I I would be Master Pigman. I would be honored to go to the party with you. And his eyes sort of set hard suddenly, and like almost like drop down, just like sure, but you're going to have to beat me. <laughs> have to beat him? Wait, do you have friends? There was supposed to be four earlier. God damn. Oh. <laughs> I'm out. Oh. I'm out. Friends, well, well, sure. I mean, I have friends. Don't you have friends? Oh, I mean, everyone's my friend, right? <laughs> all the world's all my, all my fans. They're, they're, they're my friends. That's right, Master Pigman. Yeah. And, and and how about this? Please, just since, call me Pigman. Just Pigman's fine. Pigman. Pigman. Since since we're friends now. Or, wow. I, I mean, I'd like to think of you as a friend. If we do this friendly match, uh-huh. I'm still looking for an inside scoop. Perhaps for each round, you say... You can tell me a little something about Marfil that might help me with my resume. Oh. Little inside scoop to give me the edge over all the other applicants, I'm sure. I mean, wouldn't you like me to be the top applicant? I want a deception check. Ooh. Um, I'm going to take disadvantage on my passive insight because, again, he is really naive. Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to use a button Ooh, as well. Okay. We're going to double up on this. I okay. need to pass this roll. Holy shit. Eighteen. Well, uh, Marfil does ta- like to talk about Marfil. If you know a lot about Marfil, they're going to like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I could tell you a few things. Nothing too sensitive, mind. They would, I'd get in trouble. But yeah, I could tell you some things. Well, well, that's, well, that's great. Um, how about I meet you back here in, is ten minutes too long with my friends? I think I can get them here in time. 
Oh, yeah, that's that's really fast. Holy shit. Okay, yeah. Uh, um. He stops again. You seem tough, but let's be straight. The guys I was going to fight today are seasoned. I, I knew I knew at least that I wouldn't, to be, you know, frank and honest and all that, break them in half in a moment. Well, There's a lot of go. stuff around here. If you want to it put me at ease if you could prove yourselves, you know, prove at least you got some strength in you. Uh, use the equipment. Put on a little show, and, and, and if you can show me that you're strong enough, we'll step in the ring. Right? Very well, Pigman, and enjoy the rest of your tacos, and I'll, I'll be back shortly. <laughs> you turn away and just hear, like, a, there's shells flying, hard shell pieces flying everywhere, bits of lettuce. <laughs> I know... I know he's just stupid, but part of me feels like he's luring us all in there as well. Uh, no, I don't get en- that sense. Not enough yeah. to not go in there. Right. We have to go in. Yeah. Or else something's going to be but fishy. We, but we definitely have to be cautious. But, yeah. Yeah. And even, like, it sounds like, you know, hey, it's a fun little thing, but he said himself, like, hey, I really don't want to accidentally kill you. So... It's, it's not like safety, even if he's fully genuine, it's not like death isn't on the table potentially. Right. Because when you're... Because he's 11 feet tall. In the heat of battle and you're strong as fuck. That's why right. he's trying to make sure you guys are up to snuff. All right. <laughs> um, Blanche is going to go back to the kitchen, the chef's quarters, the servant's quarters, and... It's already, already over. Did you... Did you do the thing? Ew, gross. We're... We're going to fight the pig man. What? <laughs> excuse me. Um, yes, please excuse him. And me. What? In order to secure my spot at the party, the pig man wants to wrestle us. He was supposed to get a melee uh, earlier today, but it was cancelled on him. And I promised... In makeup. You were supposed to wrestle with him, not us. <laughs> I like this idea better, actually. Honestly, a lot better. I'm terrified out of my shell, but I mean, I like this idea much better. The best tactical plan <laughs> is a flexible one. Grouse. Again. You were supposed to wrestle him. <laughs> Hector. Hector's laughing his ass off. You don't suppose this is (laughs) some sort of trick or trap? No, this is classic big man. I should have expected this. He was uh, very disappointed tonight. He only ate half his dinner. Still a full table, but... Well, I told him I'll be back in ten minutes with friends. A party of four. We have to prove our mettle to him. And if we seem tough enough... He will agree to our wrestling match. Very well. I will come to ref the match, if it were, as it were. That seems, uh, that seems reasonable. And they'll bring snacks. Snacks, yes. So we're proving ourselves. <laughs> it should be no trouble for me. I imagine the brute here will be fine, but... John looks over at Ramin. We may have a problem with our fourth. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Well... There may be a way to gain ourselves advantage. Hector... Yes, he's a button. <laughs> Sorry. Hector, have you ever... Have you ever seen the pig man eat to a point of... Have you ever seen him eat himself into a stupor? Hmm. I'm going to roll a d20 about this. In fact, you know what? Give me that... Put the d100, roll it over there, tell me what you got. I want to see what we get on that d100. All right, I'm rolling it in this the box. This is a uh, luck die. Because this is an interesting idea. 36. Um, no, not that I've seen, no. He seems to just eat and eat and eat. He doesn't seem to go anywhere, and it never seems to fill him. Damn. All right, well, I'm not going to waste a bunch of time down that rabbit hole. Well, then, we'll have to do it the old-fashioned way, boys. Let's, uh, let's see if Ramin can prove himself to the pig man and see if he'll accept our challenge. Holy shit. Let's do what we gotta do. So you all move down the halls, you see exactly what the bat saw. Exactly what... What's the bat's name? Bat have a name? 
if he does, at least not yet. Give me that, give that, give that bad a name. Mm-hmm, yeah, um, Chandelier. <laughs> we're going with Night Scream for now, because that's a Transformer from Beast Machines. Anyway, um, we're moving down the hall. <laughs> Here's an emo kid Transformer, it was great. Anyway, you're moving down the hall, and you move into like the larger portion, you move towards the gym, and then you see, like as you step in, the first thing you notice is those dim blue lights along the walls are now bright white lights. The whole thing is lit up. There's like a great spotlight shining down right on the ring, and the pig man is standing in it, just full height, hands all sort of crossed, big smile, kind of sizing you all up. And again, you step in and just like, it's like this monstrous towering figure. Oh, hey there. Wow, you do have a lot of friends. <laughs> How's it going? Ooh, Caesar, I mean, and just kind of like, uh, well, well, we'll try. I was, I was telling uh, your friend here, um, well, she wants a fight, and I love a little spar myself, but I need to uh, see that you guys can 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 handle it, cause I'm I'm a little strong, uh, <laughs> so there's a lot of equipment around. You guys want to show me what you can do, and we'll call it there. <laughs> <laughs>